Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, everybody. Welcome back into the Go247 podcast. I am Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site. Uh, joined today by uh, Sonny Ship, our recruiting guru, our our fearless leader. Uh, Sonny, thanks for, for hopping on today. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, with LSU via the transfer portal and uh, upcoming visits and targets and positions to watch and monitor. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. But before we kind of break it all down, just wanted to remind you guys to please like and subscribe on the pod. Uh, it really helps us out as we try to grow this thing out. And uh, anything you can do in terms of just liking and subscribing where on YouTube or Spotify or Apple really helps us out. So uh, thank you so much for that. Um, but with that, uh, Sonny, uh, pretty busy week for LSU in terms of portals uh, entrance. Uh, I think we can probably just start with that. Uh, LSU currently has nine players in the portal as we're recording this, um, but only I think about five or six of those were on the active roster. You talk about you know, Radarius Jones, Antoine Sampa, Philip Webb. Uh, those are guys who were uh, not a part of the 2022 roster, um, but who whose names were officially entered into the portal uh, along with this uh group of uh players from the roster who guys that you know varying degrees of playing time obviously can see uh opportunities elsewhere um just i guess break it down a little bit in terms of what we've seen so far and and how lsu is uh is kind of handling some of the 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 players that have left in the portal so far well i think early on if you look at the first week uh you know well can't look at the first week but if you look at the first four days because i'm sure it's going to change on friday but your first four days, if you're LSU head coach Brian Kelly, you hated losing Jack Besh. But when you got Kayshawn Booty back from the, from leaving the, to go to the NFL draft or the or the uh, transfer portal, huge huge win. Especially if the Kayshawn that you're going to see next year is the Kayshawn that you've seen really since about the Alabama game. You know, I think I think I think a little bit of, you know the Alabama game and especially Texas A&M and then really at Georgia. You started to see that suddenness and that explosiveness from Kayshawn Booty that we saw this first two years in Baton Rouge. So it's, it was obvious that he finally worked off the rust. He finally got to where he needed to be mentally. So, you know, that was a huge, huge pickup right there. Losing Jack Besh hurts, but if you're going to lose someone at a position, uh, you know, wide receiver is the place for it to be, considering – they still have 10 guys in that room when you count, or I'm sorry, 11 guys in that room when you count the, or no, 10 guys in the room when you count the six coming back, when you count the six coming back, counting Kayshawn, and then the four coming in. So you've still got a deep room right there. 
And uh, you know, the rest of the the rest of the early deck of the early portal entries that we've seen are really decisions that the kids made that's going to benefit them, but it's also going to benefit LSU too. You know, you had Demarius McGee who played one game this year, Cam Wire who started off the year with uh, you know getting play time and then got to the point to where he got very very little. He still got, got a year of eligibility. He'll get a fresh start somewhere else. Um, you know, and then uh, and then I, I think the biggest surprise probably outside of Jack Best was probably Desmond Little. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one that that when you looked at the Jack linebacker position. It's hard for me to uh, plug Harold Perkins into that spot as an every down player. Right. It's just I, I just can't see a 220, maybe 225 pounder playing that on an every down position in the SEC. And, you know, so Desmond Little really had a chance barring a, um, you know, barring a, a big time difference maker coming in and being in for spring ball. Desmond Little had a very good chance of being that number one Jack linebacker going in, you know, entering spring practice, assuming that B.J. Ojolari does declare for the draft. So that one was a little bit surprising. But Ray Darius Jones, he wasn't on the roster. It was good to see him get academically eligible to where he could enter the portal. And, um, you know, you know, so just going down those lists of the early entries that you've seen, you know, it's there haven't been any that I think uh, that I think really, uh, you know, really hurts LSU. And Jack Besh is a fine player, a fan favorite and everything. And he's going to put up good numbers wherever he goes. But, you know, he he if you look at the, at how the season, the regular season ended, you know, he was probably going to be number your number five receiver going into the, uh, you know, going into the in, into the spring assuming that there's no more attrition from guys like Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors, Kyron yeah. Lacey, those guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a couple things that you mentioned there that are, are really interesting. I think with uh, in regards to Little's case, you know, I, I, I tend to agree. I think there's some young players that uh, LSU really loves uh, in terms of that position. I think Savion Jones is a guy you could probably plug into that spot next year and uh, really see what he can do as a Jack linebacker. I think he kind of fits that mold a little bit better. Um, you know, they, they're really high on Quincy Wiggins, the, the true freshman. They think they've seen a lot from him uh, as this kind of 2022 season has progressed. And he's a guy that could get a lot of snaps along the defensive line. And you know, I just kind of go back to what we've heard from Coach Kelly this year um, or in, in recent weeks really is – they 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 want to build this thing you know from freshman up and and you can't keep doing that if you keep having you know guys from the portal and guys you know they're only got one or two years of eligibility that come in and they take reps away from uh you know younger players that you're trying to develop and you know, I'm not saying I mean Desmond Little's been on this roster for you know three or four years now so I'm not saying that you know is in regards to his case in particular but just I think there is a a little heightened sense of um, just uh, trying to get these guys, these younger guys, more snaps and more uh, more development. And so I think you're, what you're seeing is just some natural attrition with the older veterans that maybe weren't going to see those opportunities come spring this year. Uh, I think another great example is Cole Taylor, uh, the tight end who's in the portal now. Um you know, he was actually really important for LSU. They like to run a lot of those 12 personnel uh, lineups and use him as a blocker. Um, but, you know, I think LSU is in a position right now where they can go out and, and try to find some some quality depth, uh, whether it's in the freshman class, whether it's in the portal. You've got Mac Markway coming in here. Can he 
uh, be a, a guy that LSU really relies on early in his career, like Mason Taylor this year. Um, just, just there, there's a lot of guys that I think, you know, there, there are no real big surprises to me. I think even the best news was uh, a little bit more expected just because it is a numbers game at some point. Um, you know, I think, you know, probably one of the, the big remaining questions is what happens with the quarterback battle or with the, the quarterback position, just in terms of what attrition is going to go on there. You know, Jaden Daniels has a, a huge decision to make on whether or not he's going to go pro and, uh, you know, I think all that kind of trickles down into what Nussmeyer and, and, and even Walker Howard ultimately decide. Uh, I think we're kind of in agreement. Uh, you and I have talked a lot this week about that position group. And I think there's, you know, kind of a, a general sense or a belief that maybe if LSU has all three of those guys back in the spring that you have to that you'll see a, a waiting period in terms of which guy could potentially enter the portal or decide to move on uh, after the spring. So. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's a lot to look forward to there. Just what, what are your thoughts though on just the quarterback situation and kind of how all that plays out? You know, I think I, th- I think Jaden Daniels probably, you know, when you consider those those big games that he had against Florida, uh, led him against Ole Miss. You know, played very well against, uh, you know, played well against Alabama. I think going into, uh, you know, probably after the UAB game, you know, that, that he was probably, uh, you know, that he went from, that he went from, from, from probably coming back to it being maybe a little bit more of a question now, because all of a sudden now, you know, you saw what happened against Garrett Nussmeyer in the SEC championship game. And this is not about anyone being afraid of competition you know, I, I hate when that comes up on the message board and stuff because it's all about kids just wanting to play, you know, yeah, wanting to play. And, and, you know, some of us, some don't have the patience that others do. Um, but I think, in, you know, I, I think in in that situation that, you know, I'm still I, I still lean more towards your quarterback room uh, is going to have those three guys in it and they'll go through the spring. And then yeah. once spring, you know, and um, I don't, you know, that's not something that I'm ready to say, okay, you book it, this is going to happen or anything like that. But I, I, that's, that's where I lean to right now. You know, I think some, it's interesting that Mel Kuyper's, uh, you know, Mel Kuyper's big board came out. He had Jared, uh, Jaden Daniels as a day two pick, right? Yeah, like number five quarterback in the draft. Yeah, number five so, quarterback in the draft. Um, I did not, I, I did not expect that. And you hadn't really seen a lot of a lot of draft boards, a lot of you know, a lot of talk coming out about where guys ranked and stuff. So that that was a little bit surprising right there, because yeah. you know when you consider the quarterback class, I don't think it's a it's a a super heavy quarterback class to begin with, and uh, and and so for to see him that high, I think that probably also is a reason that I think, you know, he probably went from a guy who was, who was, you know, probably coming back to like, okay, well, you know, maybe now I've got something to think about a little bit more because a lot of these, you know, the NFL, the feedback from the NFL and stuff, you know, they get the, the coaches get that kind of feedback throughout the season and stuff, but it really starts coming in in earnest and, and they really start getting those draft project, uh, projections uh, you know what kids should do from the advisory committee and things like that. You know, once the once the season ends, 
So, you know, I, I think that he's probably got a little bit more of a decision to make maybe than he had, um, you know, a few weeks back. And then I think that you'll kind of see the trickle down effect. You know, yeah. Once he makes a decision, then I think you'll see Garrett Nussmeyer, uh, you know, kind of make his decision. And then Walker Howard will kind of make his decision from that point on, too. But, um, you know, that's going to be the I think that that's going to be one of those questions that you're probably not going to get an answer on um, until you get deeper into this 45 day window. And just for those who are, you know, for those who aren't, it's, it's hard to be caught up on all the transfer portal rules. You know, we've got this transfer portal window that opened Monday that goes until January 19th. And then once spring practice, if spring practice isn't over for these schools, it will be over, over very shortly after that. But April 15th starts the second window. So players can enter the portal again after spring practice. And as long as they're in the portal between that 15-day window, then they have a little bit more flexibility as far as uh, you know choosing their school goes. So it's not like they have to make a decision you know, before school starts in January. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all really great stuff. I mean, it, my my personal take on Jaden is I think he's a classic example of a guy that if he decides to test the NFL waters and go through the combine and testing and everything, he's a guy that could see his stock rise dramatically. Because, I mean, when NFL teams look at that athleticism, that speed, um, combined with, you know, I think an improved arm, I think there's no question that he improved his arm talent this year. Uh, while at LSU, it's going to be something for him to consider. And I think there's definitely more of a question mark around him now. Um, and it's going to be interesting because, um, you know, I think the deadline for players to get into the draft or, or announce that they're going into the draft is January 2nd or somewhere next month uh, in that range. Um, and so if 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 he kind of hold drags this out a little bit, um, you know, what, what kind of impact does that have on a guy like Nussmeyer who's also trying to make a decision, you know? So there's going to be a lot of balls in the air, I think, until that uh, that decision comes from Jaden. Um, and, and, you know, we're not – we don't have a firm timeline on when that could happen. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to follow uh, that that room in particular. I think there's just a lot of other positions, though, that LSU is going to have to focus on in the meantime. Um, you know, we've talked about the offensive line, uh, I think, Really, the the three that come to mind for me is uh, the secondary. You're going to have to rebuild the secondary. Um, you've got a lot of seniors, a lot of guys who lost their el- or just kind of graduated and don't have any eligibility remaining, uh, who are moving on. Uh, you know, Makai Garner is a guy who just announced on uh, on uh, December the eighth that he's going to be heading out uh, to the NFL. So that's a guy you're going to have to replace in the cornerback room. A lot of older safeties in that room, a lot of older cornerbacks who could be moving on. Um, so that's priority number one, at least in my eyes. Um, I would say building the the quality depth in the offensive line and in the on the defensive line, uh, you know, in the trenches is going to be probably number two for me uh, in terms of just the biggest needs. And I think those are the the two biggest areas uh, where LSU really needs to improve. Uh, their depth, uh, particularly along the offensive line. I mean, we've started to see some of it, um, you know, break out here in this first week in terms of guys who are moving on. But uh, I think you're going to continue to see some more movement uh, on the O-line. And LSU's got to bring in some guys that they think uh, are going to be big fits for the program. They've obviously got a really good uh, recruiting class coming in if they can keep those guys 
that are currently committed and Zalance Hurd and Tyree Adams and uh, DJ Chester and Paul Mubanga. Those are guys that I think you can really build a, a core foundation around uh, as your depth next year. But do they flirt with portal guys and do they flirt with getting more freshmen in here? I think there's going to be a, a really a lot of movement on that O-line. But just in terms of the the secondary and the and, the, and defense and offensive line, uh, just kind of where would you rank maybe those positions in terms of uh, need, in terms of where LSU needs to see the most improvement? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, with Makai Garner declaring for the draft, there was some there was some hope that he may come back. With him declaring for the draft, got to find a veteran corner, a plug-and-play guy, just like a Jarrett Bernard Converse was last year. You knew coming in that he was going to grab a starting spot. You gotta have you gotta have one of those guys because you can't. LSU's going to have an impressive freshman class that's going to be coming in. I think they're going to finish with JV and Tobiano. I think they're going to finish with Desmond Ricks. Um, you look at the guys that that are already in the fold. You have Jeremiah Hughes. You have Ashton Stamps. You know, Dalen Austin, what's he going to do? I, I still lean more towards he's, he's going to end up somewhere else, especially since he's uh, signing in February. So they're going to have some talented freshmen that they can put out there, but you can't ask Robert Steeples to have to put, you know, all freshmen out there. And, um, you know, with Jay Ward opting to uh, opting to declare for the draft instead of, you know, taking advantage of his COVID year to come back, you know, that could have potentially been another corner that you could have, you know, that you could have put in there. So I think you absolutely have to find, you know, one plug and play guy, and then you got to find another corner that can give you some experience, you know, that you don't necessarily view as a, have to view as a plug and play guy, but a guy who can come in and who can compete for that job, who can compete with some of these freshmen to see, you know, if any of those guys are ready. Just and then right after that, I put Jack linebacker. You said something interesting, um, Savion Jones. I do think he's a guy that could potentially play that Jack linebacker position. But if you put Jones over on that side, then who do you put at the other end? You surely don't want to put have to put Quincy Wiggins out there. And I don't know. you know when you look Why at not? the depth, you know, and, and the reason that I say that, the reason that I say that is because one, he was raw; two, he was hurt this year, and stuff. And so you just don't want to have to, you know, you would like to, have, you would like to be able to bring him along a little more right. slowly and not have to you know, count on him knowing where he's got to be, when he's got to be there and everything for when you go to Orlando to play Florida State. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and so that's why I put – that's why I put an an experienced pass rusher, you know, like Braden Swenson, the Oregon guy who they offered, you know, someone like that as, you know, as just a – just as big of a priority as that plug-and-play cornerback. Yeah. Because, you know, Desmond Little – I looked at Desmond Little, I was like, okay, he's got two years left. You know, he might be able to, you know, he can kind of help you fill the gap a little bit. But he was always a guy that that I looked at more, more of in the role 
that he was in this year before Harold Perkins emerged. You know, he was yeah. that guy that would get the, get the reps after B.J. Ojolari. When Ojolari was, uh, didn't play against, was it New Mexico? He missed a couple. I think he missed a couple of the non the Southern. I don't think he played against Southern. Southern. Yeah, and yeah. Little came in, and Little started the game, and I think he actually had a sack, if I'm not mistaken, in that yeah. game. Yeah, and actually, you know, and he actually shows some stuff that gave you some gave you some optimism, gave you a little bit of hope for him being able to, you know, to play that, you know, to be a, a solid backup that you could count on. And, and so I really put a big emphasis on that position. Um, and then you need another good, you know, you need another defensive tackle. Hopefully, there's no attrition. You know, Jaquelin Roy. Um, I think you're in agreement with me that you think he's pro- that you think he's headed to the NFL draft, yeah. you know. And so that leaves Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, Jacobian, Guillory, you know, Quincy Wiggins at 275. I could I could see him easily getting up to yeah. 285, 290, and he's done that. He's mm-hmm. done that before. So I think he's a guy who he, he's kind of like a he reminds me kind of a, like a Chad Jones in a way, mm-hmm. a guy who's going to have to to you know fight his body from getting too big for the position that he plays. And um, and Chad Jones was a little bit raw, too. Wasn't he coming out of high school, if I remember? Well, he, yeah, he, well, he, he played he played a lot of safety. He just had that two-sport label. Yeah. He was, he was kind of considered just as good of a baseball prospect as he was right. in football. But he, he had played a ton of – he had played a lot of football at, at, at Southern Lab. Um, you know, so, so those positions, those positions are, I think, you know, so, really some main positions that you have to look at. You know, tight end was a tight end um, is not as big of an emphasis for me as it, you know, as it once was. Even though you lost Cole Taylor, and that's because you have Mason Taylor who who has proved that he's a bona fide starter in the SEC. You have Mac Markway coming in to where, you know, granted he hasn't played much football since since his freshman year. Um, only a little bit his sophomore year, especially in 2020. So, you, so, so there's a little bit of uncertainty on what you're going to get from him. But would you look when you look at his body? When you look at what he's done in the past, he's that inline blocker that you know that that you wanted Cole Taylor to be a little bit better at. You wanted him to be a little more physical than he was. Um, and, and so, how quickly is he able to make that to make that uh, to make that adjustment? You know, so so I think I think tight end. You know, depending on if you're able to finish with Camorian Pimpton, the Vanderbilt commitment. If you're able to go ahead and get Jackson McGohan, the former Cincinnati commitment, on board this weekend. You know, to go with Markway, then I, I think you have a little bit more flexibility as far as the tight end position goes. But I still think you need to get a you, you need to get a guy who's got a little bit of experience, who doesn't you know who doesn't intend coming on and competing for the starting job. But will, who will be fine with, with with being you know with being in that backup role? So for me, I guess those are those are probably the ones that I look yeah. at the most when I you know quarterback. I don't think is a big need right now. Obviously, with the room that LSU has, I don't think linebacker is a big need. Um, you know, assuming that you've got Harold Perkins and Mario Tolan, Greg uh, Penn, Craig Penn, West Weeks, West Weeks coming back. You know, so so you've got some you know you've got some guys in that room. So it's going to be hard to convince. Uh, a yeah. guy to come in and like you know a guy who has who's a starter you know an SEC starter it's going to be hard to convince a guy like that to come in I think um, and then uh, you know the offensive line you had mentioned the offensive line and yeah you know that probably does go hand in hand with the defensive line especially if especially if LSU has some attrition 
that I, that we're both expecting just from older guys who still have two years of eligibility left to play, who have already been passed up by younger guys. And then you've got a heralded offensive line class coming in from the high school crop of the 2023 class. I think you're going to see several, you know, several, uh, several guys. Yeah. So to move on. Yeah. So I, I think for the offensive line, I, I, I would imagine that LSU builds their depth back up through the freshman talent, um, through that freshman class that's coming in, those four guys. Maybe they add one more. Maybe they you know, uh, take in a guy from the portal. Um, but, you know, I think one of the interesting you know kind of questions is what happens at that guard spot with Anthony Bradford and Garrett Dellinger. We kind of talked about that a little bit uh, this week as well between you and me. Um, you know, that, that's, that's something that's going to have to play out. But, look, LSU has a strong starting lineup, their strong foundation with those core four, uh, Charles Turner, uh, you know, Miles Frazier, and the two freshmen, uh, Will Campbell and Emory Jones. I think that's a, that's a really strong outlook for, that, for next year, another year development of those guys under Brad Davis's leadership. I think you're looking at a pretty sizable uh, improvement, uh, I think, from the O-line. And, and they showed a lot of great signs as the season moved on this year. Uh, they, they had a lot of really great performances. Um, in terms of the secondary, there, there is just one name that I also want to float out is Seven Banks. You know, we don't know what happens uh, with him. He hasn't officially announced anything yet. But I think there's an expectation after another injury-riddled season is that he could be back and kind of a veteran voice for this group that, is looking to probably be pretty, pretty young uh, and in terms of uh, the guys that they're bringing in. So is he a guy that compete for one of those outside corner spots? I think that's a a really interesting question. And Um, you really have to, he really has to. Yeah. You know, you, you, he, he really needs to just look at, you know, there, there's, you can't look at, I don't think you can look at seven banks as a guy that you hope steps up. You need him to step up now. Yeah. You know, now, if you go out and you get, you know, you go out and you get a couple of, you know, you go out and you get your guy from Virginia. Of course, you know, there's the Denver Harris talk, uh, you know, out of Texas A&M. Um, you know, you've got Gavin Holmes out of Wake Forest, a guy that I know they like, too. So you've got some guys in there. Um, but, yeah, if you if you can't get two veterans and you can only get one, then you really need seven banks. To, you know, you need yeah. him to bring it this spring. Because we know we know Ricks and we know Toviano are, are guys that are just really really talented, really, but they're just really young. I mean, Ricks is a reclassified uh, senior to this group. I mean, he technically yeah. should be going into his senior year next year in high school. He's really a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. He could come in and really push for a spot, but um, you know, it, it, it it'll just be really interesting yeah. to see how that, that and keep an eye on LaTerrence Welch too. Yeah. Later- yeah, yeah I, I think LaTerrence yeah. Welch is a guy, he made a little bit of noise and stuff and, mm-hmm. and you didn't see him a lot on defense and stuff, but you know, he played and he played in just about every game this year on special teams. So I, I think he's a guy that you, you know, that, that you, that you look at and that you feel pretty good about. And he may actually, you know, w- when you consider the questions with Banks's injuries and stuff, when you look at LSU's quarterback room right now and you say, okay, if this is your room right here, who's mm-hmm. it going to be? I think LaTerrence Welch is the guy you look at and you say, okay, this is your number one corner right here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, 
I, I do want to get into some talk of just some some portal targets. You know, we've talked a lot about some of the attrition that could happen at, at these various positions. You mentioned Braden Swinson. I think that's a, a name to keep an eye on, the Oregon transfer. He's got really great ties with Jamar Kane, uh, dating back to his recruiting days. Um, some other really interesting names, and this just kind of falls into, you know, the guys that you know, kind of fit the mold of what Coach Kelly has talked about and what they want. You know, they're looking for – Guys with, you know, recruiting, uh, you know, with past ties to Louisiana, guys who maybe grew up in this state and, um, you know, they're, they're looking for fit first and foremost. And you know, I, I don't think there's, at least on paper, a, a better fit for LSU than a guy like a Jalen Lee from Florida, who's a, a defensive tackle prospect who uh, has entered the portal and a guy who's from Louisiana, a guy who I think could step in and give you some really quality depth on the interior. We've talked about him. Um, you know, JQ Hardaway is, is another name that we have kind of just uh, listed. Uh, Cypress, the cornerback from Virginia that you mentioned just a moment ago. Um, Dominic Lovett, the receiver uh, from Missouri, is a, is a name that we've heard floated around uh, as, as a potential portal uh, uh, entrant that, that LSU could be interested in. Um, just just looking at some of the names here, Sonny, just um, is there any one or few guys in particular that you think would would be just really great fits here and uh could could really help you know uh you know with with some of the rebuild that they have to do with some of these key positions yeah well the kid out the the kid out of virginia um i i, I butcher his name all the time fin, you want to say fintrell uh fintrell <laughs> cypress <laughs> exactly I'll call him cypress let's just call exactly. him cypress. that's an you know this kid doesn't have ties to LSU yeah. or to Louisiana, I should say. But what people have to remember is that Jordan Arsimal, uh, one of LSU's, uh, one of LSU's two recruiting specialists, who is you know who plays pivotal roles yeah. in the LSU staff and their recruiting efforts, along with Sherman Wilson. He used to be at Virginia. So while you don't have that Louisiana connection, you have that other connection that Brian Kelly that Brian Kelly uh, puts a lot of stock in, and that's someone having a personal connection to that person to where they can kind of get all of the info and know exactly what they're getting and, and who they're bringing into their locker room. So when you when you don't hear that they're from Louisiana. You know, we saw a few instances. Jaden Daniels is a, you know, Jaden Daniels is a California. Yeah. Weeks is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, uh, another example of the Virginia connection that yeah. didn't have Louisiana ties, but he was from Virginia. So he's an interesting one. Gavin Holmes out of Wake Forest, uh, Wake Forest transfer played his high school ball at Rommel. Um, you know, he has that obvious connection that you, you know, that, that, that they really like and that they put emphasis on. Those two guys are, uh, you know, those two guys, to me, when I look at, you know, when I look at the at the fit and of and of of kind of knowing what you're going to get. I think those two guys are probably at the top of my list. You look at Denver Harris, and, and there's a little bit of baggage that comes with him. But the thing that LSU fans should feel good about there is that with Mike Ferrara, he's a uh, he's an LSU's player personnel department. He used to be at Texas A&M, yeah. so he so he has you know he has some ways, and he knows some folks that he can kind of get the backstory and get some information on that can help them you know dot those eyes and cross those T's when it comes to Harris. But, um, you know, so, so I, I think that when you put the emphasis that you have on cornerback, I think that's an area 
you know, right there where those guys jump out at you. You know, something else to keep in mind is is that we had that initial wave for the right. transfer portal Monday, Tuesday. You know, names are kind of trickling out a little bit slower now. Next week, once final exams are over, not only at LSU but you know other schools around the country, and so you're going to see new you're going to see a new wave. You know, mm-hmm. because you've got kids who are. One, they have to make sure that they're academically eligible and they need those grades to come in to be able to do that before they can enter the portal. But then, two, you've got guys who just don't want to deal with the madness because once they put their name in the portal, I mean, it's like recruiting. It's like recruiting on steroids (laughs) with the short time frame that the coaches have to work with. And so it's smart for some of these kids to say, okay, I'm going to get my finals out of the way first, and then I'll deal with this stuff. So right. I think you've got another wave coming, uh, you know, coming next week to where you'll have more names out there. You know, there's some, you know, there's some chatter. There's some, you know, some, some innuendo on message boards and stuff of some potential Louisiana guys who, uh, you know, who could enter the portal. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that that when you that that is probably a good starting point when guys enter the portal, you see that they're from Louisiana. Okay, you put an asterisk by that and you say, OK, I need to do some I need to do some research right here. Need to check on this guy right here, because that is something that, you know, that Kelly has talked about uh, a lot and that, you know, they really they really put that emphasis on. And I think it goes back to what they're bringing into the locker room. You know, they yeah. feel good about bringing a Louisiana guy into their locker sure. room because, you know, he's going to know other kids and he's not going to know other kids from being recruited, from playing against them, from being in the same city as them and stuff. So when you see a guy hit the portal from Louisiana, I think that that's, a, you know, that you say, OK, let's let's check this dude out. Yeah, that to me is the most important aspect of all of this, because I think they really built a strong foundation this year of, of mindset and just what the daily expectations are for that program. And so you don't want to bring in a guy or guys that, that could potentially mess with that. And I think, you know, when you're looking at, uh, you know, just blueprint guys, you know, blue collar guys that are going to come in and work who have, you know, pretty decent grades. I think that's another area where Kelly has really put an earmark is, you know, just what do their grades look like? Are they guys that we're going to bring in who, you know, might struggle with, with the academic side, or are they going to be disciplined enough to to work hard and on, on all aspects of their college life? And I think that's a really, really important matter that, that, that Kelly feels strongly about. And so, um, you know, they're going to recruit to that. I think they're going to. And the proof is in the pudding for that too. You go back and you look at this last transfer class, you made it a focus to where, okay, let's focus on the guys that we can – Makai Wingo, no Louisiana ties, but you have Robert Steeples from Missouri. Yeah. You know, and, and so – And he comes in and is one of your best leaders. I mean, One of your best leaders, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. Joe Fouché, Greg Brooks, uh, Bernard Converse. Garner. You know, Makai Garner. You can just go down the list. And so it's like, you know, the met- – excuse me – the method that they use <clears> – <throat> You, it, it's been it's been put to the test, yeah. and and to me it passed that test. I did. You know, so. does it again? You don't know that, but you've got you say okay, we did we fared pretty well in you know in, in putting that as our focus and our priority, and, and it worked well in the locker room. So let's stick with that. Yeah, no, I agree completely, and you know I think that's it's just going to be a, a big part of what they recruit to moving forward. Um, before we get out of here, I do uh, this is going to be a big weekend uh, for visitors in terms of high school kids. Um, you know LSU is 
not only recruiting for the portal right now, but they're you know, recruiting for more importantly, a strong finish in this freshman class um, in, in 2023. Just, uh, I know you've been working the phone lines tirelessly the last couple of days, trying to see what uh, LSU is going to be bringing in. Just, uh, I guess, talk about a little bit of the, the visitor list that's expected for, for this uh, really important weekend as we narrow down the stretch of the early signing period. Yeah. And I think you look at the two, uh, you know, the two, uh, I say uncommitted guys, two guys who are not committed to LSU and that's uh, Vanderbilt tight end commitment, Camorian Pimpton, and then uh, one time Cincinnati commit uh, tight end commit Jackson McGohan out of, uh, out of Ohio, who Mike Denbrock has a, has a, has a, uh, you know, a solid relationship with goes back over time and so, you know, I think you start with those two guys right there because you, you have to feel pretty good about the other guys who are coming in, the other commits. You've got Dylan Carpenter out of uh, Santa Monica, uh, Tyree Adams out of uh, out of St. Aug. He's coming in. Um, and I, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to remember the names. So uh, you got to well, help me here. Yeah, well, they got to grab my phone. <laughs> yeah, they got a bunch of guys that I, I'll just take it from just the perspective of what they're doing outside of the, you know, the state right now. They're these coaches are all in on these recruits right now. I mean, you just saw pictures with Desmond Ricks and Brian Kelly and Robert Steeples. You know, Kelly's been all over the state of Louisiana with the commits that they've got in uh, for, for this recruiting class. Um, they, they're doing a really nice job of getting out and making themselves visible during this week and next week, because it's, it's going to be, you know, really just all, all for better lack of terms, just all hell breaks loose, you know, in the last couple of weeks here as the, the signing period really gets closer, but just are, are there a couple other guys that you. Yeah. Caleb Jackson's coming in uh, the running back commit. <clears throat> I say coming in, he's in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Ashton Stamps, the cornerback out of New Orleans. Uh, he'll be coming up for his official visit. Uh, Zay Lance Hurd, the big uh, offensive tackle out of Neville, he'll be coming in for his official visit. And so uh, they'll have a they'll they'll have they'll have anywhere from um, we've got seven on the list right now. And I think the big you know the big one to keep an eye on is uh, Kamori and Pimpton, the Vanderbilt mm-hmm. commitment. Is you know does does he make it in? Does he make it in? Uh, Texas just uh, Texas is showing some interest. Some in-state schools are kind of showing a little bit more interest in him and stuff. And so uh, you know that's one that that is, it's it's really kind of tough to gauge right now because you wouldn't think that he would be uh, that he, the Vanderbilt you know that that Vanderbilt would be. I guess as high as it has remained on his list once these bigger offers started coming in, like your LSU, like, you know, the schools from the inside, from uh, the in-state schools. But that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't become obvious or anything. And, and it really, I think it really has people questioning, like kind of wondering like, okay, what's, you know, what's really going on here. And so that's going to be, that's one that I'm kind of looking at saying, okay, does he make it to campus? And then that's the first step. Once you get into campus, it's like, okay, then you kind of start to say, okay, well, then you know that LSU has, you know, that LSU's in it because a kid's not going to take a kid like him is not going to take an official visit this late in the process just to just to take a trip. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. And you know, look, I think another one that's it's going to be on the minds of everybody is is Desmond Ricks. You know, it sounds like he's on on pace to come in next weekend, not this coming. He's going weekend. to Bama this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so just a, just a guy that you know LSU needs. I think there's a there's a if, there, if you're marking the 
positions of needs. Cornerback is number one on, on at least on my list. I think it's on your list too. But um, and and there's no more talented player I think right now in, in the high school class that's uncommitted uh, than than Desmond Ricks. I think he's just a a really fine football player and a guy that LSU would love to have. So um, you know we'll we'll, we'll be monitoring all of this over the next several weeks. Um, We'll we'll probably get Sonny back on for another pod before uh, you know early signing period and and all that stuff and you know it's it's going to be you know dig in guys it's gonna it's gonna be a, a busy next couple weeks but uh, ones that we're we're really excited for so uh, with that we'll we'll certainly catch you guys later. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!